facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. A fabulous Friday to all of you. So glad that you're with me today on the show. It is July the 7th, 2023. You can call in right now. I'm going to give out the phone number, 888-914-9149. It's toll free to talk to me. Also, you can email the show. The address is kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. And follow me on Twitter, at kale clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. I haven't gotten onto Threads yet, which is the Twitter alternative espoused by Zuck at Meta, formerly Facebook. It's now just called Meta. And I don't know if it's good or not. I, I, I'm going to refrain for now. <laughs> I can barely keep up with Twitter. But if, you, if you've been on it, if you think it's cool, let me know. 888 And today's show is called... We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up, but I, I just want to tease a little bit that the week that was is coming up. Jim Shaper has once again... Done a bang-up job producing that. Can't wait to share that with you. But also, I, I've, t- I've titled this episode, Death on a Friday Afternoon. And I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, Friday is a, a very good day to remember death because we we got to remember our death, memento mori. We talked about that a lot during Lent. If we remember the day of our death, we'll refrain from a lot of sin, hopefully. But also, of course, Jesus died on Good Friday, just as yesterday, uh, Thursday, we always think about the Eucharist a little bit more, meditate on that gift, uh, try to receive the Eucharist, hopefully on a Thursday, every day if we can. And on Fridays, it's good to, to think about the death of Christ, what he did for us on the cross, and also our own death. And that kind of factors in what we're going to talk about today. But death on a Friday afternoon, I have to admit, I stole the title from the late, great Father Richard John Newhouse. But that's okay, because titles are not copyrighted. That's one thing I found out when you're looking at intellectual property and copyrights and all that stuff. Titles actually aren't copyrighted. That's why you find a lot of books, are they share the same title. You can't copyright a title. So I don't, I don't think uh, the late Father Newhouse would mind that I did this. And he was a great convert from Lutheranism, also a Canadian, by the way. He was a Lutheran minister, became, of course, a, a Catholic priest, the editor of First Things, very famous in the media, very bright guy. And he wrote this book about the death of Jesus on Good Friday called Death on a Friday Afternoon. But that's not what this is about. I just stole the title for something else. But Father Newhouse, total sidebar here, but he also was a celibate for the sake of the kingdom, even when he was a Protestant minister, when he was a Lutheran minister. And, and uh, that was definitely an, an anomaly. It still is among Protestant ministers for sure. But he wrote a book called Freedom for Ministry before he became Catholic. And he talked about how it just it gave him a lot of freedom. He could be with parishioners more often. And it just gave him freedom to, to be wherever he thought God needed him to be to serve his people. Anyway, sidebar, that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about one. Uh, I, I read this incredibly moving story, which I had to share with you. Because it, it literally moved me to tears. I'm not joking. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I did shed a couple of tears when I read this because it was so powerful, so amazing. And it was all about one of the corporal works of mercy. Now, here's a question for you. And you can call in right now, 888-914-9149. If you can tell me what the seven corporal works of mercy are, I'll get you on the air right away. The seven corporal works of mercy. And uh, try not to Google it, okay? Play fair, play it, play it straight up here. If you know what they are, if you memorize them in grade school or in Sunday school, call in right now. What are the corporal works of mercy? And by the way, there are also seven spiritual works of mercy in the church. 
And you might be wondering, what's the difference? Well, obviously, corporal has to do with the body. It has nothing to do with a marine corporal. It has to do with the Latin term for the body, the corpus, the flesh. Because the body is very, very important to God. He's going to resurrect our bodies on the last day. St. John Paul II had the theology of the body. Incredible teaching. It's so important for, for the church today. So it has to do with the physical body, which is very important to God. But also, there are these spiritual works of mercy, which have to do with one's eternal soul, uh, one's mind, one's quote-unquote heart, as it were, all, all of that stuff. And I'll, I'll tell you what the seven spiritual works of mercy are. I'm going to reveal those to you. You probably already know. But if you know what the corporal works are, if you can recite the seven corporal works, call in right now. We'll get you right to the front of the line, 888 Patrick Alog's work in the phones. If you don't know what they are, you, you won't know if these people are right when they're calling, Patrick. So you better, you better at least Google it if you don't know. I'm sure you know. But what are the spiritual works of mercy? Well, let me tell you this. They are, number one, admonish the sinner. Admonish the sinner. Hey, people sometimes need to be told, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Otherwise, they won't repent. Number two, and th- this is, I think, really the, one of the big functions of relevant radio in the culture. It's in, number two is instructing the ignorant. The spiritual works of mercy, instructing the ignorant. And by the way, we don't mean that in any kind of insulting way. Like, you're so ignorant. You know, it just means you don't know. There are so many people out there, in spite of the fact that we live in a technological age, we live in the information age. They do not know what the church teaches, even though, again, Google is within most people's reach. Uh, they just don't know. For, and they don't even think to, to look. They don't even think to Google, to, to Google it. They've been sold a, a false bill of goods. They just don't know. Some of it's their fault, and we'll let God sort the, all that out, whose fault it is, whether it's individual culpability or maybe it's my fault for not sharing this with people, but instructing the ignorant. So, we, we need to get the truth about Christ, the gospel, the teachings of the church out there to the culture. That's why we want to bring Christ to the world through the media here at Relevant Radio, the Faith Explained program, uh, which airs at 1230 Central anytime on the Relevant Radio app or via podcast. That, that's, that's 99% of what we do on the Faith Explained is exactly this. It's explaining, defending the faith, getting it out there. And then, of course, there's so many other ways that we do that, whether it's callers who call into Father Simon on Father Simon Says, Patrick Madrid Show. Uh, they're getting advice. They're, they're getting the Catholic faith uh, explained to them. Other programs as well. Everything we have here on Relevant Radio, it's, it's a large part of what we do. So that's number two, instructing the ignorant. The spiritual works of mercy, I'll just run through the rest of them really quickly. Number three is counseling the doubtful. We had a show on doubt the other day. You can check it out in the podcast. It's not necessarily sinful to be doubtful unless you're obstinate in that doubt. Uh, number four, comforting the sorrowful. Number five, bearing wrongs patiently. And that's what Jesus did, of course, especially during his passion. He took a lot of abuse. Boy, did he ever. And if it were you and I on the cross, we would have just wanted to come down and zap everybody, but but he didn't. Number six, forgive all injustices. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus, of course, is our exemplar in that, too. And number seven is pray for the living and the dead. Those are the spiritual works of mercy. So, I gave those to you. What are the corporal works of mercy? Let's go to Damon in Daly City, California. Hey, Damon. Yes. Hello, uh, Kale. The uh, corporal works of mercy, to my chagrin, are found in my parents. Mm. And I only learned it after they died. 
Um, uh, no one gives the works of mercy, corporal and spiritual, like parents. And looking back on it, that mm. gives me the the, uh, the image of my parents and the works of mercy oh, gives me easy confidence to swear no more and, and to listen to your show and uh, continue to grow. And life is worth oh, living. Oh, that's so true, Damon. And, and obviously, your parents' example is obviously huge in your formation. So, what what can you can you rattle off for me? What are the seven corporal works of mercy? Okay, I have my daughter. She's going to mention the first corporal works of mercy. Sure. Feeding, clothing, uh, housing, visiting, conversing, and. Uh, and Kale, um, you'll have to finish the rest. Uh, those <laughs> okay. are the things that my parents did readily, quick, and daily. Oh, that, that's that's beautiful. What, what an example. Thank you, Damon. So, okay, so here are the corporal works of mercy. Number one, feeding the hungry. Now, your daughter mentioned that to you there. Feeding the hungry. Number two, giving drink to the thirsty. Taking care of those bodily needs. Number three, clothing the naked. Number four, sheltering the homeless. Number five, visiting the sick. Number six, visiting those in prison. And number seven, burying the dead. Burying the dead. I think about the the book of Tobit, of course. Uh, there's so much about that there. Corporal works of mercy, especially burying the dead. But this is what this is exactly what this this piece I read was all about. And I found it to be just beautiful and, and inspiring. It was written by uh, Emily Lehman, who is a visiting researcher at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. It was all about Catholic high schoolers who have a ministry of burying the dead. This this is phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal. And this actually kind of got started at a school in the Cleveland area called St. Ignatius Catholic High School. So, by the way, if you're from that school, if you're in a uh, alumnus of that school, and you were actually a part of this program, give me a call, 888-914-9149. Or, or, or maybe you're part of one of the other schools that had this program because it spread like wildfire all across the country. I'm going to tell you about that. 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. So there was a, a teacher who has, he passed away, unfortunately, in 2014. And his, he was a theology teacher at St. Ignatius, which is a, a Catholic boys' school in the Cleveland area, and his name was Jim Skrull, Jim Skrull. And he founded something called the St. Joseph of Arimathea Pallbearer Ministry. The St. Joseph of Arimathea Pallbearer Ministry, and that's obviously named for St. Joseph of Arimathea, who was a member of the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of Jerusalem, that condemned Jesus to death. He wasn't a part of it. He wasn't there. The gospel takes great pains to explain that he wasn't there when this kangaroo court was set up and Jesus was unjustly condemned to death and handed over to Pilate. So he's just heart sick about this. And he, along with Nicodemus, gives Jesus a proper burial. In fact, Joseph of Arimathea donates his own family tomb, which had been unused. Nobody had been buried in it yet, uh, for Jesus. So that's why it's called the St. Joseph of Arimathea Society. And what it, what it basically is is a pallbearer ministry. And this is amazing. So, so there's another, uh, another teacher who teaches at, um, at uh, this, this high school in Cleveland, St. Ignatius, who said that, man, this guy, Jim Skrull, he, he took the corporal works of mercy so seriously. And he actually viewed them as a checklist. Are we actually doing these seven things? It's fun to talk about. It's nice to talk about. It's good to memorize it. Good to know it. 
but are we actually living them out? Are we actually doing them? Can you check them off? When is the last time that you fed the hungry? And, and listen, I, I'm pointing the finger at myself here because this is very, very convicting. I think most of us, when we look at this list, we probably fall short in at least one of these things. Are we actually doing these seven things? And so get this, this pallbearer ministry, the St. Joseph of Arimathea pallbearer ministry, serves 250 funerals every year in the Cleveland area where high school boys, Catholic high school boys who belong to this school and join the pallbearer ministry, they help serve at these funerals. And this is spread like wildfire. More than 10 schools in the area picked up on this, other high schools, spread further into the Midwest and even into the South. And this is a great ministry to people who are indigent, who are in many cases homeless, uh, who pass away and there is nobody to care for them. There is nobody to, to, to give them a proper burial. It's an incredibly inspiring story. And we'll put a link to this, uh, by the way, in, in the show notes. And this has really gained momentum. It was founded in 2003. And one of the schools that it has spread to in the South is St. Xavier High School in Louisville, Kentucky. And there's a theology teacher there who's involved with the program. His name is Ben Cress. And before he got into teaching, he was a youth minister in, in his local Catholic parish. And, and he got in, inspired to start this in his school because he heard about what was going on in the school in Cleveland at St. Ignatius. And he heard about this St. Joseph Arimathea ministry. And he thought, man, this would be so cool in my high school. Because he had, a, he had an interesting experience back when he was a youth minister, um, uh, Ben Cress, in his local parish. One of, one of the guys who was in the congregation, one of his fellow parishioners, was the county coroner, the county coroner in Jefferson County, Kentucky. And, and he, got, he made friends with him, and, and, and the coroner told him, he said, man, it is really, really tough because we have all these burials for indigent persons, people that don't have family, people that don't have money, they can't pay for their funeral expenses. So, so what do they do for them? And he said, well, we don't really have any service for them. All we do is we pray the Our Father, and then we bury them. That's it. But then, he, then the coroner said something to, to the youth minister that really took him aback. It really struck him. He said, everybody comes into the world being held. Everybody comes into the world being held, and they should leave this world being held. But nobody holds these people. Wow, I, I got to confess to you, when I, when I read that, I, I, I kind of cracked a little bit there. I, that, that is extremely powerful. Um, not ashamed to say I, I shed a tear when I heard that. It's true. We, we come into the world. We, we are held by our parents. We are held by our loved ones, aunts, uncles, cousins, doctors, nurses. We're surrounded by love. At least, at least we should be. But very often when people leave this world and enter into eternal life, they are all alone. They are all alone. And what I can't think of a more practical ministry uh, than this. And so... So this this St. Xavier School in, in Kentucky, they, they actually have participated in more than 2,000 burial services. Wow, they're students. And so they actually go even above and beyond being pallbearers, the, the, the young men of the school. They actually came up with a, a burial service, a prayer service, just for these ceremonies. And so they, they read from the Gospels. 
They read from other scripture passages. They invite the faculty to come to these burials. Other students are welcome to come. And it's, it, it becomes a, a community event. And usually when, when this happens to somebody, when somebody is all alone in their death, they're usually very often a homeless person. And very often they will die in a homeless shelter. And that's where they spend their final moments. And other people, their families simply abandon them. And they want nothing to do with them. And the, the article talks about several uh, cases in which people's family members did not want to, whether they were children of the deceased or, or relatives, they didn't want to have anything to do with this person. They said, no, that's your problem. We, we don't want to be involved in their burial. And there's, there's one guy who was 105 years old who passed away. He simply outlived everybody that he knew. There was no one to, to bury him either. And so a lot of, a lot of girls' schools are, have taken up um, uh, this um, mantle of ministry as well. It's spread to schools like Hayden Catholic in Topeka, Kansas, Quincy Notre Dame in Quincy, Illinois, Sacred Heart Academy, which is a sort of a a, a Catholic girls' counterpart school to the one I talked about, St. Xavier in Louisville, Kentucky. And they, and they kind of collaborate on these, on these ministries. And, and the kids find it really powerful. It's incredibly powerful. Andrew Kramer was one of the kids who was interviewed for the piece, and he's a senior at St. Xavier in Louisville. And he's been doing this. He's been involved in this ministry since his freshman year. And he admits it. He says in the article, quote, Before that, I had done absolutely no service. I had done no service. It just wasn't part of my deal. It wasn't something that I was driven to do, end of quote. But he, but he started getting involved with this, and he kept coming back. And I guess they had so many service hours that they had to complete in their, in their school. But even after that was all over, he kept doing it. So he's been doing it every single year of his high school career. And he, he's very popular. He's, he's on the fast track. And he's actually now the president of the St. Joseph of Arimathea Society, and he motivates his other students to participate in it. And he keeps telling the other students, guys, it's so good. You don't understand. If you just try it, if you just come out and serve at one of these funerals, be a pallbearer, it is worth it. It's worth putting that jacket on in the morning before you go out. And by that, he means they all wear sport coats, uh, ties, slacks. They dress nicely for this, for this ministry, befitting the occasion, of course. I just think it's really powerful because I think, obviously, we have to be total Catholics. We have to be total followers of Jesus Christ, head, heart, and hands. We've got to have the right doctrine, orthodoxy uh, you know, up in our heads. We've also got to have orthocardia, the right heart, right? like a cardiac surgeon. Right? You need a heart transplant. We need the heart of Christ. We've got to have orthodoxy in our heads. We've got to have orthocardia, got to have the right heart, a heart that loves God and people. And then we also have to have hands and feet that they're willing to serve, head, heart, and hands, orthopraxis. That's the last part of the equation. Our practice has to be, it can't just be head knowledge. It's got to be something that works its way through the heart, into the hands, into the feet. It's got to, we've got to actually live out these corporal works of mercy and spiritual works of mercy as well. We, and the danger is, and, and I've fallen prey to it. Maybe you have too. You're listening to the K.O. Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. Here's the danger. We can become spiritual couch potatoes. Where we all we do is maybe you know and maybe it's a good thing we we listen to relevant radio a lot we listen to the programs we learn we soak up the knowledge we get the warm fuzzies we feel good but we can become armchair athletes pretty easily and, and just we we know a good game but are we actually living a good game in the spiritual life that that's that's the issue and and, and like this high school senior said he was very honest he said I had never served 
in my life before I got involved in this ministry. And it's changed his life. And I wonder if you've been a part of something like that. Have you been a part of a corporal work of mercy? Maybe it's visiting hospitals. Maybe it's visiting the elderly. Was there something that you have done or you are involved in doing right now that's really transformed you and helped you to live your faith out more totally, more holistically? 888-914-9149. It's easy. The other thing about being an armchair Catholic is that it's easy to criticize, isn't it? I mean, when you go online, when you go on social media, there's a lot of critics out there. And some of the stuff that they're criticizing needs to be criticized. I'm not saying it doesn't need to be called out. But it's very easy to be that armchair quarterback, that Monday morning quarterback, and say, man, uh, just second-guessing decisions of NFL players, uh, as I often do on Monday morning. Well, it's easy to, to do that as well with our, with our fellow Catholics. But it's hard to get in the fight. It's hard to get in the fight. And so that's what these students have done. Uh, at St. Xavier in Louisville, 90 young men are on the list as pallbearers. And that's incredible. By the way, they can be excused from class to attend these funerals. That's a bit of a bonus there. Uh, but I'm sure that's not their, uh, their, their reasoning there. And they just want to be totally pro-life, totally pro-life. As one of the officials uh, interviewed said, hey, being pro-life is womb to tomb. It's the whole package. It's the dignity of the human person from conception to natural death. And, and sometimes we forget about the end-of-life stuff. But it's important, too. It's really, really important, too. So I wonder what you think about this. 888-914-9149. We'll be right back after the break with your phone calls and much more on The Kale Clark Show. Call in right now. 888-914-9149. This is The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back to the program. 888-914-9149 is the number to call. Toll free to talk to me on The Kale Clark Show. Having a great, great show today. Just interesting stuff. I I read this piece um, that I thought was really beautiful by Emily Lehman, um, writing for the National Catholic Register on a Catholic pallbearer ministry. High school boys, it spread to some girls' schools as well. Catholic pallbearers, the St. Joseph of Arimathea ministry. It's really the corporal act of mercy of burying the dead. We talked about how important it is to be holistic in our faith, to actually live out the corporal as well as the spiritual works of mercy. And I wonder what you guys thought about that. I wonder what, whether or not you've, you've had an experience like that where you've lived out one of the corporal works maybe done some hospital visitation or some sort of service like that where it just kind of transformed you. Love to hear from you. 888-914-9149. Let's go to Bill in Lockhart, Texas. Hey, Bill. How are you, Kale? Good to talk with you. Um, Absolutely. I just wanted to say that, you know, I am a funeral director. Um, Mm. Came to this this, uh, late in life, and I... I basically, I'm I'm very much in awe of what these uh, young men are doing. Um, I had a service not terribly long ago, and it was a pauper service, and it was the decedent, myself, the grave digger, and my boss, and that's it. Wow. And it struck me, it hit me emotionally pretty good, you know, because it contrasted so much with the services where there's loved yeah. ones around and there's the normal... A period of grieving and you see all of that and when you see something that's completely where, where where the service is completely stripped away with having no other people there 
um, you know, it hit me, and and I went to daily mass that day and asked our priest to uh, dedicate mass to this gentleman because it was the only thing I could think to do. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I just, I mean, I I think this this ministry that has been started there, it's it's fabulous, and I just wanted to call in and, and tell you how much I appreciate you relating that to us. I appreciate you calling in, Bill. That, that's a great call. And what you did for that man, ha- having that Mass offered for him, was the best thing that you could have done. Uh, Bill in Lockhart, Texas, who is a funeral director. And this is a great ministry. If you're out there and you're looking for a career, you're a young person, don't discount this. You can minister to a lot of people in an hour of desperate need for many families, many individuals, when loved ones pass away. It is a great ministry, and it's also one of the corporate works of mercy, burying the dead. We need good, solid people of faith uh, in that field, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a valuable one for sure. And I remember as part of my, when I was in uh, the Protestant seminary, um, before I came back into the Catholic Church, that was part of our required education. We had to go to funeral homes. We had to go see how things worked. Um, actually, we even got to see how they embalmed the body. That was pretty, that, a lot of people, a lot of the students did not take, take that well. Uh, but, uh, if you're squeamish, you might not want to get into that, but, but it, it's a, it's a very, very important ministry and, and pastors and funeral directors need to have a really good relationship because they're working together, especially to help uh, these families at this, this very, very difficult time. And so thank you so much for that call, Bill. Really appreciate you. Listening, triple eight nine one four and nine one four nine's Kale Clark Show and Relevant Radio. Let's go to Marguerite in Orange County, California. Hi, Marguerite. Hi. I listen to you regularly, but I participate in burial of the dead in that I make infant internment clothes that are donated to hospitals, or we have a local system in California. I think in Arizona and Nevada also, it's known as Garden of Innocence. And it's a burial plot in a cemetery set aside for abandoned and abused infants and children. Mm. Now, I provide the burial, some of the burial blankets for that. Oh, Marguerite, that is a beautiful, beautiful ministry. And it's called the Garden of Innocence. I I think that is just, well, that that, it it breaks my heart that this this has to exist, but it it does. And uh, giving these precious ones dignity... Uh, is is just something that you know, our Lord is going to reward you for that, Marguerite. And I, I really appreciate you calling in and, and telling us about that. So, is, is there a, a like a website involved with this that people can look up? Actually, it is Garden of Innocence. Okay, just Garden. That's the of name Innocence. of the website. Okay. okay. It's so headquartered out, out of Carlsbad, California. Okay. I pay because I provide for the plot at the El Toro Memorial. Park Cemetery. It's a county cemetery in Southern Orange County. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's that's beautiful. So I, all the folks listening can can take note of that. The Garden of Innocence, just uh, search for that. It'll come up, and maybe there'll be some ways to help. And Marguerite, God bless you. Thank you for that very, very important phone call. And for listening, obviously, your first-time caller, I really appreciate you listening and calling in, and uh, much more so for the incredible work that you're doing to give dignity uh, to these little ones who in many cases are, are, are victims. And, and it's, it's, and this is something that, for example, the, the movie Sound of Freedom, that's been so, uh, key over this past week with Jim Caviezel. Of course, he was on relevant radio with Timory talking about this the number one movie in America. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yet. I haven't had a chance to see it, but I was so pleased to hear that it, as much as I love Indiana Jones, that it knocked, uh, 
Jones and the last uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark franchise movie out of top spot and became the number one movie in America. And we need to shed light on this very, very difficult topic. And, and, and not just human trafficking, but obviously the scourge of abortion, uh, the abuse of children. It's just, it's just rampant. It needs to be stopped. Uh, heaven weeps. And there are things that we can do about that. So the Garden of Innocence is a beautiful way uh, that Marguerite shared, that she's trying to, to, to give these uh, precious ones a, a proper burial, a dignified burial. And it's sad that this has to happen, but it, but it does. And, and thank you for stepping up. Let's go to Linda, in, also in California, in Escondido. Hi, Linda. Hello, Kale. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for having me. Um, I wanted to tell you that I'm with Legion of Mary at St. Mary's in Escondido, and we have a group of about 12 of us that go to bring home the homebound and people that are in assisted mm. living communion, and we also pray the rosary with people. Mm-hmm. We do some um, prison ministry with um, helping St. Dismas here in Escondido, to um, mail out, you know, ship out Bibles and rosaries mm-hmm. and uh, Bible study um, things to these uh, prisoners that are in need of this. And then also we set up a table over in front of St. Vincent de Paul, and we give out rosaries, miraculous medals, and we just do all that we can to, you know, bring Christ to other people. They call us the right hand of the priest. And so I feel very honored to do this ministry work. I've done ministry work for um, St. Tim's in Escondido, and um, doing this to me um, just brought me closer to God, closer to Mary, and I just love it. And I think it's really important work to do for our Lord, and it's also helping other people. Yeah, it really, it really is, Linda, and thank you so much for your service and for your example. Really appreciate you calling in from the San Diego area in Escondido, California. Yeah, absolutely. Visiting those in prison is one of the corporal works of mercy, and uh, St. Paul, of course, spent a lot of time, wrote some letters from prison that got into the New Testament, and of course, prisoners read those, and, and hey, they can identify with, with Paul, and of course, Paul being unjustly imprisoned and a uh, prisoner of his faith, if you will, the being chained because of the gospel, but he says the gospel itself is is unchained, and it, it really does set you free and gives true freedom, even uh, for those who may have been uh, incarcerated, and, and, and quite likely it's their fault that they're there, but there's still hope, there's still a future, there's still the possibility of redemption uh, for all, and so it's important to realize that I remember when I was growing up in Sunday school, uh, and again, I, I wasn't really involved in acts of service either, but I remember one year in particular, and this is before I got confirmed, and we were kind of all just kind of marking time in the program, kind of there because we had to be there, a lot of us. And uh, one Christmas, we went to a children's hospital, uh, to a cancer ward, and we sang Christmas carols for the kids. I mean, I'm sure we were off key, but uh, man, some of these kids were in really rough shape. I know it really affected me and, and a lot of my classmates and people that were just not online with God. Their hearts were touched uh, just with this with the suffering uh, of these kids who were, in many cases, our age, and we just tried to bring them some kind of um, Christmas love and joy with, with our simple singing, as, as off-key and as bad as it probably was. It, it, uh, it was very moving and humbling and, and just caused me to be a lot more grateful. I remember that particular year when I was in eighth grade, and there's so many things that we can do, and 
And it, it's important to, to try to, to be holistic on, on that front and live the spiritual and the corporal acts of mercy. And we know that mercy will be shown to us if we show mercy to others. Got to take a quick break right here on The Kale Clark Show, but we will be right back with a lot more you're not going to want to miss. What's coming up next? Trust me on that one. 888-914-9149. Faith, facts, and fun. It's The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome back to the program. Talk about this amazing ministry that high school students are involved in called the St. Joseph of Arimathea Paul Bearer Ministry. It's one of the corporal works of mercy, burying the dead. And of course, the show is about faith, facts, and fun. And here's a little bit of fun. You say, well, how can we transition into a fun topic? Well, l- let me ask you this question. When you were a kid, I-, I saw this online. I thought this would be a great question for the show. When you were a kid, what movie death hit you hardest? When you were a kid and you were watching a movie and, and a character passed away, what hit you the hardest? What movie death of a fictional character hit you the hardest when you were a kid? Or maybe when you were... A big kid, <laughs> a little bit older, maybe like yesterday. I don't know. Let me know. Triple eight nine one. I got my choice. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. What movie death hit you hardest as a kid? And as you're calling in, going to share with you what producer Jim Shaper's been cooking up. It's the week that was on the Kale Clark Show. Let's go. Sitting in with Maggie. Now, is it Carozza or Carozza? Well, yeah, it, the American is Carozza, but when we went to Italy, it was Carozza. Carozza. I want to be authentic about this. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, we're going to be talking about a really interesting trend in marriage. It's marriage season. And Maggie just got married to Joe. So this is really interesting, Maggie. So I, I read this article by Marissa Gerber writing in the LA Times, and it's all about these micro weddings. And, and this micro wedding took less than 10 minutes cost less than an iPhone. Now that, <laughs> okay, wait. So explain, like, what did they do? <laughs> well, well, here's how uh, I was described by Marissa Gerber in the LA Times. Quote, as the couple sauntered down the aisle, an instrumental hip-hop version of the wedding classic Canon in D. Oh, Lord. Now, did you guys use this one? This, this was our walk. Uh, this was my walk down the aisle song mm. with my dad. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. Oh, so. no. What what is that? Oh, well, this is the hip hop version. Maybe oh. this is the maybe this is the one that they used. Okay, maybe this is the one that they used in L.A. And this took place, by the way, at a, at a, at a joint called the Old Brown House. I don't oh. know if you've heard of the Old Brown House, Patrick Halog, because you grew up in SoCal. Spent a lot of time in L.A. But anyway, so this this is where these micro weddings are taking place uh, out in the L.A. area. Joshua Charles says, the meaning of scripture is public. It's intended for the world. Therefore, its mode of communication cannot be private and denominational. That's why God gave us his church, to ensure that the public meaning of scripture could be authoritatively taught until Christ returns. That's why he promised to guide it, the church, into all truth. It would never be defeated by hell that what it bound or loosed on earth would be bound or loosed in heaven and that he would be with it until the end of the age. Please stop misrepresenting Catholic belief on this matter and please do some basic homework to learn what your opponent actually believes and why. Thanks to YouTube and many other sources, many Protestants are waking up to the reality that they've been sold a pack of misrepresentations and some of them are lacking goodwill, also some lies about the Catholic Church. So if you keep attacking a position that you've never given a fair shake to, 
you'll be joining those who are lying about the church. Hear her out, disagree and criticize afterward if you must, but do not condemn what you have not taken the time to understand. End of quote. Wow. Isaac takes the wood for his own sacrifice. There's going to be a fire made. There's going to be a sort of funeral pyre that's going to be built. And he's going to be, he's going to be the burnt offering. He doesn't realize that at the time. But he's carrying the wood for his own sacrifice up Mount Moriah. So here's the pun by Scott Hahn. Moriah Carey. Get it? Okay, do you remember this? You got to know the singer Moriah Carey. That's right. Oh, yes, from her debut album. All right, the week that was. Thank you, Producer Jim, for that. Oh, what a lot of fun it was. And if you missed any of the episodes from this week, of course, you can check the podcast on the relevant radio app. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, what have you been doing with your time? You've got to spend most of your time on the app. I know you're glued to your smartphone anyways. It might as well be on the relevant radio app. In moderation, of course, and wherever good podcasts are found, you can find ours too. So you can check them out. Well, I ask you guys, what movie death, what character's death in a movie hit you the hardest when you were a kid? I, I have some some answers to this. I've got a couple of uh I, I couldn't choose, so I had I had to pick two. Producer Jim, let me let me ask you which which movie death hit you the hardest when you were growing up? Well, it has to be Old Yeller. Old Yeller. It's Old just Yeller. it's such a classic film. And actually I uh showed it to my son uh who's now twelve a couple of years ago. Loved the film because he loves dogs. And after the movie, he said, <laughs> Daddy, why did you do that to me? <laughs> Knife to the heart, but oh. just a classic. Just oh, a classic. It, it is a classic. And uh, Jennifer Lee, who's listening, thank you, Jennifer, uh, who's our mission coordinator here at Relevant Radio. Um, she has also voted for Old Yeller. Um, Patrick Alog, who's uh, working the phones right now, I, I, this is a popular choice too. Mufasa from The Lion King. Yeah, old Scar. Um, well, he he kind of killed him and uh, let him go. And uh, he was uh, anyway, yeah, okay. So th- that was that was tough. That was tough to watch as well. <laughs> Mufasa from the Lion King. Well, he, I, let me let me. I have two that I want to share, but uh, let me share one of them. And it's from one of my favorite films of all time, which came out in 1986. That's right, Top Gun: The Death of Goose. I can't reach the ejection handle! Goose! You're gonna have to punch it out! I can't reach the ejection handle! Eject! Uh, I'm trying! I'm trying! Eject! 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 Uh, Watch the canopy! Tough. That was tough to watch. That was tough to watch. And that, 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 that classic sad theme from Top Gun. It was Harold Faltermeyer who did the music for that. Anyway, it's really an interesting soundtrack as well. But yeah, that sound that you heard, that thud was was Goose hitting the canopy. Watch out for the canopy, Goose. Well, it was kind of hard for him to watch it. He really didn't. Yeah. Anyways, but he, he hit the canopy really hard. And that death hit me really probably even harder. So uh, that was the death of Goose and Top Gun. I'm sure a lot of you guys had the same feeling. But what movie death hit you the hardest? Let's go back to the phones right now. Let's go to David in Stockton, California. 
Hey, Kale, how you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. So what movie death hit you the yeah. hardest? Well, as a kid, <clears throat> and this is probably aging me a little bit, but uh, it still <laughs> cheers me up, is uh, Brian's song. Brian's Brian song. Brian Piccolo. Yep. Classic, classic movie. <laughs> James Kahn. This is a real-life incident, by the way. Uh, Brian Piccolo was a football player for the Chicago Bears, and uh, he passed away very tragically. And uh, in the movie, he's played by James Kahn. And I, I believe Gail Sayers, the, the famous Chicago Bears tailback, was played, if I'm not mistaken, I think, wasn't Gail Sayers played by Billy D. Williams, a young Billy D. Williams? Am I right about that? Yeah, he was. Who, of course, went on to play Lando Calrissian in, Star, in the Star Wars franchise. But that, that's a powerful movie as well. Yeah, Brian's song. And I forget what year that came out. Was it 1970, I guess, say 76? Am I right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to fact check me on that one. Maybe A-Log can fact check me on that one, Errors and Omissions. But yeah, Brian's song. Thank you for that one, David. That was, that was a tough movie death to watch as well, for sure. All right, let's go to Christy in Roswell, New Mexico. Ooh, Area 51. All right, Christy, what, what's your take on this? Speaking of aliens, I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Hello. Oh, do you probably do. Hello, everybody. Yeah, my husband and I are listening, and we each have a vote. His is Little Dan and Little Anne, the two dogs in Where the Red Fern Grows. I've not seen that movie. And, no? Oh, my gosh. It is a classic. It is a classic. Where the Red Fern and, Grows. And okay. uh, my, my vote is E.T., E.T. Oh, yeah. 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 From, yeah. From now, Roswell, the call screener did sense. remind me. Yes. <laughs> the call screener reminded me that E.T. didn't actually die. He came back to life. Sorry for the spoiler, those of you who haven't seen it. <laughs> However, in my little six year old mind, yep. you know, E.T. was dead, and that was just terrible. E.T. phone home. Yeah. E.T. was a tearjerker. I remember seeing that was one of the first movies I saw as a kid. I remember that very, very vividly. I was on a cottage trip with my parents and my sister, and we, we, Ducked into a movie theater. We saw E.T. Had some Reese's Pieces afterwards. You got to do it. You got to do it. And uh, no, that, that was, that was. Uh, I remember just being broken up at that movie. Still, It's still hard to, yeah, it's very, very touching. E.T., the extraterrestrial. Thank you, Christy, for that one. That's a, that's a, that's a good one, too. Yeah, even though he, he, he did survive in the end, it's still, it's still, I think it still counts. We're going to go with the judges here. Yeah, that still counts. Let's go to Enrico in Vallejo, Vallejo California. No cow. Hello. Hi, Enrico. How you doing? I'm doing great. I've listened to your show, and I called in, uh, wanted to mention Reverend Lowe's death in Stephen King's Silver Bullet, and uh, I saw that as a kid, and it messed. I think it. I think it had effect on me when I was a kid. Mm. You know, being Catholic, growing up, and seeing that this priest, who was really a werewolf, <laughs> um, it was. It was. Uh, that stuck with me, and. But to this day, I, I think it always, because I took a position, you know, that I, I know that he was bad and he wasn't a good priest. But, okay. like, growing up, I just always, uh, I don't know, it's a Stephen King thing. That's what he uh, does to people. You know, I, I have not seen this movie either. That's another one I haven't seen, but uh, Silver Bullet. But my wife is, is just devouring all kinds of Stephen King books right now. She's really gone down the Stephen King rabbit hole, so maybe we'll have to have to see that movie. Hey, thanks for the call, Enrico. Really appreciate that. That is an awesome, awesome phone call. Okay, so here, here. Okay, producer Jim, I'm going to reveal the other one that really got me as a kid when I was a little bit younger, before Top Gun, before Goose. 
Oh, goose, I tell you. Um, but uh, this is this is the one that, that really, it gets a lot. Of, I'm surprised nobody's mentioned this one yet. The death of Bambi's mother. Let's check it out. Bambi, quick, the thicket. That 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 is heartrending. That is heartrending, folks. The, the the death of Bambi's mother, who of course is shot by a hunter, and and, and apparently there's some sort of early versions of Bambi that they were thinking about running. They I think they used some test audiences where they actually showed the hunter carrying away the the body of Bambi Bambi's mother, and they said the audiences said no, absolutely not. It's too much. Walt Disney said no, 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 no. We're not going to show that. But uh, that is just. That is absolutely heartrending. 1942, folks. Uh, man, they sure knew how to tug at the heartstrings there. And and actually, the, the the actual voice of a child actor too makes makes a big difference, I think. And wow, I still haven't gotten over the death of of Bambi's mother. And um, all right, let's go to Heather in Massachusetts. Movie death that that really hit you hard as a child, Heather. Hi, Kale. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, first. First of all, I, I never saw Old Yeller, and I never saw, this is going to sound crazy, Bambi, but probably mm. my mother wanted to protect me after my response to um, Frosty dying and Frosty, <laughs> Frosty the, the Snowman. snowman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I uh, apparently I cried for days over that. It was traumatic. So, um, oh. And I know he came back, too, like E.T. did, but... Uh, yeah, for a four or five year old, it was uh, pretty devastating. <laughs> oh yeah, you 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 dissolved into tears like Frosty dissolved into you know, water. And yeah, no, he and he oh, he does come back. Yeah, I remember being pretty uh, pretty <laughs> pretty choked up by that one as well. Uh, the old Frosty the Snowman cartoon. Thank you so much, Heather in Massachusetts. Yeah, that was a tough. That was a that was a that was a tough one too. That was a tough one too. Here, here's another one that uh, we don't have a clip for this one, but Apollo Creed. I know, I know, Jim. This is a big one for you too. The death of Apollo Creed in Rocky IV at the hands of who? Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago. I must break you. <laughs> oh, that was that was. Oh man, he just didn't get up after that. It was Dolph Lundgren's character. Oh, that that was that was that was a tough one. That was a, that was a really tough one. The death of Apollo Creed. But of course, Apollo Creed lives on in his son, right? Michael B. Jordan in the new <laughs> the new Creed movies. All right, let's go back to the phones right now. Let's go to John in Linden, New Jersey, in the New York area. Hey, John. How you doing? Anyway, for me, it was uh, the death of Captain Nemo in the 1954 version of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and then he died again in the 1961 film Mysterious <laughs> Island. And, yeah, it's, uh, you know, dies, comes back, dies, comes back. Then in 1969, he comes back for Captain Nemo in the Underwater City. Three different production companies. 
Wow, wow. Yeah, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Always a popular classic. The death of Captain Nemo hits you pretty hard. Hey, thanks for that, John. In Linden, New Jersey, have an awesome weekend. Hey, maybe you can watch one of those flicks this weekend. Let's go to Yvonne or Ivan. Is it Ivan or Yvonne? It's Ivan. Ivan in Wisconsin. Hello? Hey, you're on yep. the air, um, Ivan. How are you? All right, yep. Mine was Old Yeller and Where the Red Fern Grows. Yeah. I'm going to have to you check know. out. I'm going to have to check this out, Where the Red Fern Grows. I have not seen this one. Yep. Yeah, please do. All right, it is a very heart-wrenching movie, I must tell you that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it sure sounds like it. And, uh, hey, thanks for that call, Ivan. Have a great weekend. And, and lots to choose from here. Lots to choose from. How about, how about Spock? How about Spock in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan? Do you remember this one where Ricardo Montalban uh, from Fantasy Island plays Khan? This is, and, and Spock sacrifices himself to save the Starship Enterprise. And he says, it's logical, Jim. It's logical. He wasn't talking to producer Jim. He was talking to James T. Kirk, of course, Captain Kirk. Uh, that was another one that was a uh, that was a tough one to watch when I was uh, when I was a little kid and and uh, my 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 wife Trish, uh, chief shadow producer of the show, she voted for the wife in the movie Up, the Pixar film Up. Now, if you haven't seen Up, it's a great flick. It's a great flick, and that one was a tough watch too. The beginning of the film is really emotional because there's this couple that that struggled with infertility as we did for a very long time. And um, she dies. The wife dies in the end. It's, and then there's this old guy. And then he goes on this adventure. So I'm not going to give away the rest of the movie. But that, yeah, the death of the wife in Up was, uh, was also uh, difficult. But that doesn't spoil the rest of the movie. Even though I just told you she dies, do check it out. So, man, there's so many. Okay, what, oh, we got to get this one in real quick. Let's go to Enrique in Los Banos, California. Enrique, we got about 30 seconds. What is the movie death that hit you the hardest? Hi, Kel. Yeah, it's uh, it's Macaulay Culkin when he died on My Girl. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. growing up, being uh, yeah. friends with, you know, with little kids here and there, it just, you mm. know, when you're growing up, you never think of your buddy dying. That's so true. That's a, that, was, that was a tough one. I saw that in the theater, actually, with a, with a girl that I was kind of, like, interested in. Let's put it that way. And I thought it would be, like, a romantic movie for us. But when he passed away, that it was not romantic. Anyways, she cried a lot. I'll say that. I tried to comfort her. And hopefully you were comforted by this show. It's Kale Clark Show. Jim Shaper produced. Patrick Aylock took your phone calls. Stay tuned. Keep it locked to Relevant Radio. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.